Hi, thanks for tuning into the Bacon Wire podcast. On today's episode, we break down MSU's basketball schedule with Carter Landis, talk about the Lions' shutout loss to the Carolina Panthers, and preview MSU football's matchup with Northwestern this weekend before Lucas and I sit down with 2022 wide receiver recruit Tyrell Henry. And then Mitch joins us to talk about Season 2, Episode 4 of The Mandalorian. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks, Sparring Dog 97. When I'm not offering Rick Carlisle $15 million a year to coach college basketball, I'm Spartan Dog 97. Uh, if you missed what's been going on on Twitter the past 24 hours, uh, stay tuned to this podcast feed because you're going to love what's coming up next week. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm joined again by, uh, by Mitch and Lucas. Brett is still being a responsible college student like a little bitch. Uh, guys, what's going on? How's it going? And we're joined. We're joined by the articles man himself, Mike Turnt Stud, Carter Landis. Welcome back, Carter. It's good to be back. Always love to be on. So, we're going to start, as always, with our customary three minutes of lines talk that always goes over three minutes. Uh, except this time, I don't think I'm going to hit three minutes. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I don't know how I can say the same thing another way. Uh, Yesterday is the definition of like that meme, like disappointed, but not surprised, you know, like the stylized eighties font kind of thing. Uh, Basically it was the perfect distillation of what it was of what Lions football has been like under the Matt Patricia era. Stagnant offense, uh, porous defense, and just absolutely leaving Stafford with no options other than to play, other than to play hurt. And then we got to turn around and play in three days against against Houston, who is pretty bad this year but they still have some playmakers and are going to be a top landing spot for the coordinators who are looking to step up to become head coaches this year. So I'm not sure what's left. I'm not sure what else I can say about this team. It's obvious they're bad. Uh, The team has quit on Patricia and now we something that should have happened eight weeks ago. We're going to have to wait another six weeks for because it's pretty obvious that this team isn't making the playoffs and I and it kind of sucks that I'm come one o'clock on Thursday because I have nothing else to do and I'm a fucking masochist I'm going to sit there and I'm going to watch the Lions go out there and flop like a dead fish for 60 minutes and I'm not even gonna get the satisfaction of a halftime show because of COVID. So, you know, I'd like to say SOL, but this is a new degree of ineptitude that goes beyond SOL. This is like, this is like SOL was given the super soldier serum 
don't ask me to go further. That's all I have. All right, I'm done. So if anyone else has any other comments, uh, Carter, you're, you're, you're an Atlanta guy. Uh, Falcons are obviously tanking. Uh, Eric Bieniemy and Justin Fields are going to be so fun for you. I'm over the moon for you and your future. Uh, Lucas, the Rams are playing like right now. Uh, they're, they're playing tonight on Monday when we're recording against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, you know, what are you, what are you kind of looking forward to, I guess? Of the Rams. Um, I'm curious to see how Tom Brady does in a night game because he hasn't done well this year. Like, and you know, we obviously have the saints just dominating them and they needed, they need to stop a two point conversion to beat Mitch's giants. And, um, they had another, they lost on Thursday night football to the bears. But um, if the Rams win this game, then I think you have to give them a dark horse Super Bowl contender spot. There's a lot, like like we all thought it was the Dolphins last week. Right now people are kind of hovering towards the Rams. Um, I think the Colts could, could make some noise. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, but I think they could definitely be like last year's Titans, make a run to the AFC title game, and um, like give the Chiefs or the Steelers a scare. Um, but like with the Lions, I don't have much to say. Like, yeah, we're we're gonna watch them Thursday because there's nothing else to do. But it's just, <laughs> I knew Christian McCaffrey was out, and then I got to my father-in-law's and watched the game with him, and I'm like, oh shit, I forgot Bridgewater was starting this. I said if they don't win this, then then they're in deep shit. Then they're then it's just it's over. And yeah, it was they they look didn't they just look lifeless? They look like. They look like they didn't want to be there. They look like they did not give a fuck about playing another game this year. No, I like, honestly, it looked to me like everyone had finally fully quit on Matt Patricia. I mean, there were, there were still some holdouts you could see, but the more that this game goes, the more that this goes on, uh, the more you can see that the team is realizing that their futures aren't going to be determined by this coaching staff in this front office. Right. So they know that they have enough tape to prove their worth either to the new regime in Detroit or elsewhere. And it's only the matter of just, of just trying to, of just trying to get through the end of the season, both injury and COVID free and just, taking and just examining their future from there. So that's enough on the fucking lines. I'm sick of that shit. I got one, one, one quick stat. Yeah. That was Matt Patricia's eighth game against a rookie head coach. He has one win, Steve Wilkes of the Cardinals in 2018. And if you consider PJ Walker a rookie in his first career start, it was Patricia's eighth game against a rookie quarterback with only two wins, Josh Rosen in 2018 and Daniel Jones in 2019. Ooh. Excellent. Yeah. Great. So let's let's uh let's switch it up to something a little more hopeful. Uh, the reason we brought Carter, Carter on here, and that's Michigan State basketball. Uh, we got we have a schedule. Um, it was released last week. You've listened to all the smart guys talk about it and break it down in great detail. And now you're gonna listen to some assholes riff about it. So. 
the season starts tomorrow when you're listening to this um, against Eastern Michigan. And then Saturday they played Notre Dame um, in, in both in East Lansing. Uh, Saturday the game was most likely going to overlap with the what I can only assume is going to be a shit show against Northwestern. Uh, we'll get there. Uh, we will get there. Uh, so Carter, I just kind of want to get your thoughts first. You know, we're not, we're only playing 20, uh, NCAA basketball is only playing 27 games this season because of, because of COVID-19 that leaves open a lot of, a lot of space for flexibility because of just the two games in a week and the smaller rosters, you know, kind of, kind of leading outbreaks being more devastating. You know, what do you make of this schedule? Um, outside of all the COVID things and, and, and the truncated schedules and everything, I think this is a pretty typical Tom Izzo schedule. I mean, he, he, for this schedule, he's, he did what he always does. And that's, that's throw his guys right into the fire. Uh, I mean, you got a tough test at Notre Dame on Saturday and then they got Duke on December 1st. And then if that game, if this game can happen, Virginia, so you've got, a game against Notre Dame, who's always tough. Number nine, Duke. Uh, number four, Virginia. They're, as they usually are, going to throw these guys right into the fire against some of the toughest teams, and they could have a few L's, and then that'll have people uh, rank Michigan State a little bit lower. And then once they run through the Big Ten, as they usually do, everyone will call them the title favorites that they usually are. Um, I think that's real. What one of the most interesting things about this schedule is how they're playing on Christmas. They're playing Wisconsin on Christmas, which is interesting for the players um and then it's going to be fun for us because you know we'll we'll enjoy christmas as much as we can and then we'll watch michigan state basketball that probably that night i imagine it would that would be uh sometimes we get to watch michigan state on thanksgiving but we're watching them on christmas this year which is really interesting i i don't know how michigan state the university is operating with winter break but um i think that a christmas day game is not usually something that would happen even in a circumstance like this. But um, overall, it's a pretty typical schedule, as I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just super excited about Michigan State football – or Michigan State basketball. I'm not excited about Michigan State football uh, very much. This is that it's, that – it's that time of year where we, we're sick of watching football and basketball comes back around and we're, and we're thrilled again. So, at least it's that time of the year. And uh, this is also pretty interesting – uh, this this Saturday, if if everything goes according to plan and there are no last minute cancellations, this will be the first time that both MSU football and basketball have played in a game since 2001, because the the MSU football team's game got canceled. Uh, cover your ears if you don't want to hear David Harn's orgasm. Got rescheduled because of 9/11. So. Uh, it's going to be a day full of full of MSU on Saturday. And what can I only assume is just endless amounts of alcohol. Hey, for our hockey guys, the hockey team plays Saturday too. Well, that's, that's, I saw that tweet uh, brought to you by Kevin Paga, hire Paga for AD. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. So, you know, I, I look at this schedule. Um, there are a few interesting tidbits to also bring up. Uh, we're playing UAD Mercy for the first time since, uh, for the first time since 2001. Uh, and interesting tidbit about UAD Mercy, 
uh, a member on their roster is the Brad Calipari. And my favorite thing about Brad Calipari is that he has a giant tattoo across his chest that says earned, not given. <laughs> oh, juiciest bit of irony. No regrets. You're, you're, tro- you're trolling. Uh, no, I swear to God, you can look up Brad <laughs> really? Calipari right now. And I'm going to look him up. I'm going to share the screen with you. That's is, an oof. I mean, that is, if that isn't a, if that isn't a coach's son move, I don't know what is. To be so insecure. That is an oof. <laughs> That's an awesome uh, Let's see what the him. fuck. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Love, love me some good radio right now. Right there. <laughs> That's. He really does. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm, yeah. It look. It looks like they. It looks like they had the earn and given like there on purpose, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh shit! Quick, just write not." Yeah. <laughs> not is it for months. Like not is it in. <laughs> not is an entirely different font than earned and given. It is yeah. the funniest so, fucking thing. So going back to the schedule, I see two crucial stretches. Um at Iowa versus Indiana versus Illinois at Rutgers at Ohio State over about a two and a half week span. That's pretty damn crucial. Um, especially with Iowa being the top ranked team and all that bullshit. And Going to Ohio State has been kind of hit and miss, um, and Rutgers if they're really worth if they're really as good as they were last year, and then another tough stretch I see is um, at Purdue or excuse me versus Iowa at Purdue and at Indiana that's like over a week, that's going to be tough. Like if they can get out of those, excuse me, with like one or two losses, then they're going to be in contention all the way to the end for the big 10 title. I, I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to win the big 10 title. I don't think they will, but if, if, if they can gel around, you know, early February, like they did last, you know, in 2019 and they kind of started to in 2020, um, they're, they're going to be able to make some noise again. Shifting the, I will say that they are. Shifting this, shifting the kind of focus away from this schedule overall to to the makeup of the team, you know, obviously this Michigan state team is a lot different than the teams we're going to be used to in the last two years. There are a lot of familiar faces, um, obviously. Um, but we've lost two, two incredibly important pieces in Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman, uh, to the NBA draft. And it's, you know, from all from all accounts and all rumors coming out of coming out of even from Coach Fife himself, uh, Rocket Rocket Watts is going to be playing is going to be running point guard. Um, Joshua Langford is of course back, but he hasn't played competitive basketball in almost two years, so that's a um, you know that's a big question mark. Um, we've obviously seen what Joey Hauser can can do at Marquette, but. He hasn't played competitive basketball in a year. And, uh, you know, it. and if we're projecting starting lineups here, we assume the other two starters are going to be Gabe Brown and Marcus Bingham. And, you know, they're guys who have been 
to put it charitably, up and down over the past, over their careers at Michigan State. Um, guys, when you look at this projected starting lineup, what do you what do you make of it? Don't everybody yeah. speak at once. Oh, sorry. I mean, yeah. Um, it's definitely going to look different without Cat. Well, I mean, like I didn't get to speak with the schedule or anything, so I just didn't know if it was my turn or not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to let you go. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, without Cash and Tillman, it's definitely going to be different. Um, I don't know if uh, – I don't know if Izzo's just trying to get in Rocket's head or whatever with the not naming him a starter thing. Like, even Dwayne Stevens had availability tonight, and he said, like, we're still up in the air about point guard and center. Um, so, like, that's – you know, that's something to look out for. Uh, what I think our starting five looks like on Wednesday is Rocket, Henry, Langford, Hauser, and Bingham. Um, hmm. I think that's probably like a generally can, like that's probably like the consensus. Uh, I feel like, um, you know, Rocket's going to have to adjust. Graham Couch actually had a pretty good article. Um, about Rocket transitioning into that point guard role and his relationship with Izzo and how that dynamic is going to change and stuff, um, if you want to check that out on LSJ. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's going to be different. We're going to – you know, it's not going to be as ball screen heavy and Rocket's going to have to learn how to facilitate more because normally he's looking for his own shot. When, when we talked to Coach Fife. Uh, that was one of the things he brought up is, you know, in, in the transition from high school to college, the hardest thing that a player has to learn is to be unselfish, right? Because when you go to a program like Michigan State, it's safe to say that the, the places you were playing before you got here, uh, you were the guy. You were the alpha. The ball was always in your hands. You were the one creating. You were the one. The offense revolved around you. So that's one of the things he talked to. So obviously Rocket has experience, right, being the guy because he's he's Rocket Watts. You know what I mean? So, Lucas, what do you think that transition from kind of, you know, Rocket made a lot of strides at the end of last year. How do you think that's going to carry over now to him being the primary ball handler? Well, I know he said he's watched film of Cash and obviously playing a year with him. I hope rubbed off a little bit, but I think we're going to see growing pains. Um, I want him to be the point guard, so I'm going to say that. But, like, we we see Izzo teams, especially with a bunch of new pieces, struggle at the beginning. Like, even that amazing 2018-19 team, they lost a couple games right off the bat um, because you lost Jaron Jackson, Miles Bridges. You lost a couple other guys, too, and you have to adjust with that. Um and especially with Cash having the keys to the Lamborghini because Tum Tum was kind of the – mostly the starter – well, kind of the starting point guard, you know what I'm saying. Um, but just looking at this team, there's a lot of potential, but the thing that scares me is that, you know, Bingham's the tallest player, and um, I hope he's put on some I, – I, I know he's put on some pounds, but um, – I, I kind of worry this team might get eaten alive if there's a couple of couple of teams that we play that have a bunch of big men because Sissoko's listed as our only center at 6'9". Um, 
that that makes me nervous. But going back to Rocket, I think he's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be about a month, month and a half of us screaming and going, what the hell's going on? But then, then there's going to be that game like against maybe Michigan or, you know, Purdue where it just, it clicks. It, like all of a sudden it's there. And um, I, I, I don't mind if lawyer's the starter. I hope that if he's doing well in practice and he's shooting the shit out of the ball, good. That's awesome. That's awesome for his confidence. But if we get to where he's the starting point guard on Wednesday night and he just plays like absolute dog shit, then you have to wonder how far behind is Rocket with progression. That That's what makes me nervous more than anything with this team. It, and I don't, I don't mean this ironically, you know, um, I, I believe that the single most, and you guys are free to correct me after I say this, but I think the single most important player on this roster who is going to dictate Michigan state success this season is foster lawyer because, uh, he's, He's had major confidence issues in the past. There were reports of prac. There were reports coming out that he couldn't even make open jump shots in practice, and it basically like. And he's basically the reason why we didn't offer his brother Fletcher. And you know, it's it's it'll be interesting if he hasn't made the kind of strides that everyone is is that Izzo and the staff is saying that he made then I think we're I think up and I think you're right Lucas I think we're in for a bumpy ride up until the new year uh yeah. Carter Carter what do you think well for my uh starting lineup prediction I did have uh Rocket as my as who I think is going to start at the point guard um we saw a lot of rocket playing off ball of Cassius last year and then but then we also saw him as a secondary playmaker so him becoming a primary playmaker uh is yet to be seen but in the small sample size that we have seen him play uh that point guard running the offense and facilitating it's not bad he has a pretty solid feel for where guys need to be and where he wants them to be and then obviously he can create his own shot uh but now he's moving to being the full-time point guard if that does end up happening. I know that we've heard, you know, some things about Tom is a liking foster lawyer uh, and how he could end up starting. But I think that, I think that rocket should start. And I think that he will. Um, I also have Langford starting at the two, because I remember I've heard a lot about how he's looked really good in practice and uh, Xavier Tillman on a zoom before he left mentioned that, he saw that Langford's um, the offense was going to be featured around uh, Josh Langford. I don't know how true that is because, you know, he hasn't played in two years. I don't know how healthy he's going to be, um, how much of the offensive workload he could take. Um, I've got Henry starting at the three, Hauser at the four. And then I think Bingham starts at the five. Uh, that position is probably going to be a revolving door. We'll see a lot of Kithier. We'll see a lot of Julius Marble. Um, I think eventually down the road, once he starts to get a better feel for the game, we'll see a little bit more Matty Sissoko. Uh, one of my favorite stories is um, from Rocket Watts when uh, when Rocket Watts got pulled uh, and then Izzo benched him. And then Izzo says he walked over to, to Rocket and says, are you mad at me? Rocket says, no. He says, Izzo says, you got any balls? So then Rocket <laughs> says, yeah. And he says, why don't you say, yeah, I'm mad at you. And then Rocket says, okay, I'm pissed off at you. So 
it seems like Izzo has full confidence in Rocket, and um, I know, and and if he does decide to start lawyer and and he can he can play Rocket next to him because he's he thrives in that combo guard role. Um, I think that the transition for Rocket from that combo kind of two guard to the to the starting point guard and having to facilitate is going to be a little bit tough at first. I agree with you guys, but eventually I think that he's going to nail it. He's just super talented. You know, we know about his scoring. We've seen him pass a little bit. So obviously it could be rough at first, but I think eventually he's going to slide into it pretty easily. Real quick. Wasn't that, that whole exchange, wasn't that during the Penn state game where they came back to win? Um, I think it was early January. Okay. I thought it was for some reason, but oh, well. I, I think the Penn wasn't the Penn State game, Kyle Aarons. Yeah, it was Kyle Aarons um, yelling at the locker room at halftime. It was okay. His, it was his halftime. Right. I had, to, I, had to, I had to like watch you guys watch the game. I, I could I wasn't near TV for it, but okay. So, um, you know, Joshua Langford is another interesting question mark for this team because obviously he's not a new piece, but uh, he's he's a rebuilt piece for lack of a better term, you know, and I think his, I think his minute share on Wednesday is going to be really indicative of how Izzo plans to use him this season because, you know, Eastern, I don't know anything about Eastern Michigan, but they're, they play a zone. They play it. They play a two, three zone. And, you know, Tom Izzo teams have struggled with two, three zones in the past. We know that. Yeah, um, and we didn't really struggle with Easterns two three though. Mitch, are you gonna fucking well actually me every time I say something or what? Just Foster, Foster, <laughs> but like Foster had like his best game of the year against Eastern last We're year. We're not talking about that zone. We had like forty, we won by like forty in that game. Right. So talking about Syracuse, man. Yeah, it's not. But obviously, that was a team who knew what they. That was a team who knew what they were. Right. And, you know, this team is, this team still doesn't have, this team doesn't have an identity established yet. So uh, I think, I think the minute shared Langford gets is, is going to be interesting. You know, I, I imagine he's going to start, but how quickly he gets the, how quickly he gets the hook, I think is, I think is going to be something to look for in Mm -hmm. determining where his, where he goes for for the rest of the season, and um, Aaron, Aaron Henry is going to be—he has to take the next step. We we saw it starting to happen um, before, right when the team won the Big Ten championship, or you know, tied for it. Um, I really wish I could have seen a tournament in 2020 with with Aaron Henry with the confidence he had with Cash and X. Um, but the just the frustrating thing was, you know, Aaron Henry would be able to make his own shot, you know, from a, from a pull-up jump, jump, jump shot or an easy layup, and he would just be hesitant or pass or kind of spaz out for a little bit. If I think he's the biggest X factor in my mind. If he's, if he's close to like a double-double a game, I think MSU is going to be in pretty good shape. And, well, it, I, and that could alleviate the point guard situation for a little bit if he's hot right off it, the bat. It, I think uh, am I, I think our, our most consistent player this year will be Joey Hauser. I, I could see Yeah, that. he's probably the number one scorer. I want to say – I, I also would like to say best player. I think he will turn out to be our best player. Um, mm-hmm. but Should be. Yeah, I mean, he's – Could be Rocket Watch. We'll he's, see. 
It it totally could be. And if it's Rocker Watts, that's freaking great because we know Joey's yeah. gonna be gonna be fine. If it's Rocker Watts, that's freaking awesome. Like that's that's a bonus. But I just think if the it's most Rocket, cons- this team's not losing more than five games. Right. Like yeah. If it's that's Rocket, this team's gonna be unreal. If it's if it's Joey, they're, they're like, gonna win the Big Ten if it's if Rocket's the best player. Right. And we have we have a schedule that sets up nicely, to be honest. Yeah, I mean it. There, there are the typical, you know, there are the typical early tests, right? Um, you know, Duke the third game of the year. Um, I'm sure Izzo is pissed off about that because Duke is usually the first game of the year. Um, you know, I <laughs> I can't imagine how pissed he is that he has to play Eastern Michigan first and not Duke <laughs> or Kansas or Kentucky. Yeah, uh, I'll take it. Yeah, Eastern's that exhibition that we normally have against, you know. Yeah, like uh, Albion or Michigan Tech or whoever. Yeah. Else, you know? So, um, the Virginia game was that supposed to be a? Um, that was Big Ten ECC. No, yeah, Big the, Ten ECC. Okay, that was Big Ten ECC. Okay, all right. I couldn't remember. That's right. Duke was supposed to be Champions Classic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's the other thing too is that there's no. I mean, there are Michigan State isn't participating in a tournament this year. You yeah. know, um, to my knowledge, I think there are a couple that are still going on. Um, yeah. I'm not really clear on the. I'm not really clear on what on what that on what it looks like right now. But uh, you know, it's having having you know this is a typical Tom Izzo schedule, like you guys said. I want to shift now to a conversation about the Big Ten as a whole. Um, you know, obviously I was the favorite because they have a, they have a, they have a first team all American and, you know, national player of the year contender in, in Luca Garza coming back. But, um, this Iowa team remains largely unchanged from the year before where they finished fifth in the big 10. Yeah. 11 and nine. Yeah. They finished, you know, they finished right in the middle of the pack of the big 10, um, you know, Fran McCaffrey's still their head coach, so they're still not going to play defense. Um, you know, Carter, talk talk me through this. You're you're kind of in the media uh, more than uh, what's with what's with the Iowa? What's with the Iowa simping? Is it just because of Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> is is the Iowa simping from us or from like national people? No, from like net from like national people, you know, like they're they're the betting favorite to win the Big Ten. They're one of the top, they're one of the top odds. You know, their odds to win the national championship are ridiculous. Um, you know, what is what's the what the fuck? Like, are we losing our minds here? No, no, I think it comes from just because of the fact that they have the the reigning Big Ten Player of the Year and a guy who came back and now has national player of the year expectations. So you have a guy like that. And then a lot of times you're fooled into thinking, Hey, you know, this team can win their division. They can win their, they can win their conference. They can win their, they can go to the final four. Uh, I think I was kind of picking Iowa as a potential uh, final four team last year, but I don't, I mean, it's just because I think it's because they bring, of course they have Luca Garza. It's because they bring back guys like Joe Wieskamp. Jordan Bohannon's back for like his 12th year at Iowa. Joe Toussaint's pretty solid. They're a team that 
can score the basketball because they bring back a lot of those guys who can who can yeah. score the basketball. Obviously, having Luca Garza is a big thing, but it's just that sense of that they do remain unchanged. That that team that we saw yeah. can can score last year, and I mean, but it's a crowded, tough Big Ten. I don't really see them coming out of it because of the fact that they don't play defense and teams you know that are more well coached are gonna are gonna handle that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a lot of Garza is the reason why they're so they're so heavily yeah. favored. Yeah, and uh, I think you said it, but your connection was a little spotty. They get Wieskamp back from injury and McCaffrey's kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's so. another McCaffrey kid too. I don't know okay. how many there are. Yeah, I mean, if Iowa wins the, the conference, they're winning every game. Like what? Ninety, ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like ninety-nine to ninety. That's just not gonna fucking happen with. With right. Wisconsin being there and Tom Izzo being there, yeah, and um, I mean, Rick Carlisle's coming, but you know, uh, you know, I did a quick like little glance at all the like the top four teams, you know, the presumptive top four teams. So us, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois. Iowa has five games against the top three, two home, three away. Wisconsin has five against the top three, two home, three away. Illinois has four against the top three, two home, two away. And we have four against the top three, uh, three home, one away. Hmm. Our our only our only home and home there is Iowa. That's fine. Yep, and we get it. Um, the the away game is January, so that I you know I, I like I feel like we split those. Um, I don't yeah. think Fran's team will fall. Fran's team falls apart in February. Um. So we'll win the home game, and we'll probably lose the away game. What's that called? Is it called Carver Hawkeye Arena? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's all neutral court, so we're just like football this year. We're gonna see uh, a lot of weird uh, games. Yeah, I'm not even saying it because it's an away game. I'm just saying I mean, I it agree because it's Jan- it's January and France teams usually don't fall apart till February. <laughs> yeah, and Me- I love Luka Garza, but. I mean, you can't sustain that ninety points a game um, in the in the Big Ten. No, you can't be you can't be bleeding points like they do, and then and then win the and then expect to win the Big Ten and yeah. and and make a deep run in a in a single elimination tournament. Right. Yeah. You that, you could win the Big Ten tournament, like you know the three the weekend tournament with that type of offense, but then as soon as you get to like the second round of the, of the tournament, you're going to lose. So, someone's going to play awesome defense against you. Iowa's last 10 games features eight ranked teams. They have a, the, the, the other team, the other team I want to talk about is uh, Illinois. Um, obviously Illinois, um, <clears throat> they return a couple, they return a couple of their key players from, from last year's team, uh, Coffee Cockburn uh, is coming back, as well as um, the other guy. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. Uh, um, Io Desumu. Yeah, Io Desumu. Uh, you know this this Illinois team. Um, I think got a little better as they finished strong in 20 in last season. Um, you know, Carter, what kind of momentum is this? are the Illini going to have coming into coming into this season? They have a ton of it. They, they're another one of those teams that have been super loved on by the media. I mean, for good reason. I mean, you have 
Io DeSumo, who's probably right behind Luca Garza as one of those national player of the year guys, and for good reason, because he's damn good. And of course they have Kofi, Mike Cockburns. Um, and then there's a bunch of there's, and Brad Underwood's a fantastic coach. Uh, he coaches them well, you know, they play that press, they play defense, they can score the ball. Uh, they're going to get pressure in your face. Also Trent Frazier is another guy as a senior guard on that squad. So those are their top three guys. Um, they're tough. It's always tough to play at Illinois. Um, I remember I, I said that I didn't think Illinois was one of those teams that actually could win the Big Ten. They probably are. Um, I don't think they will. I still am going to double down on that. I know all the Illinois fans were my mentions. I don't care. I still I don't think that they win the Big. They don't win the Big Ten. I don't think they can compete enough. Uh, I think they're very good, and they could be a team that people uh, sleep on a little bit just because if they don't win the Big Ten. Uh, but I still don't think they can compete with with teams like Michigan State or Wisconsin. I think they're going to struggle against Iowa. Maryland is going to be a little bit better too. Not maybe not better, but they'll still be really good. Um, Illinois is good. They're 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 beat a lot of the teams in the Big Ten, but they're not beat Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa type of good to me. I know they're they're ranked in the top ten, but I think I think they're just a little bit overrated right now. Yeah, I think I think one thing that I've learned since I started following college basketball closely is that uh, basically up until the second week in February, the AP top twenty-five rankings are basically just are basically like just all speculative. They're not they're not based in any concrete evidence of who is actually deserving of being ranked. It's it's very reactionary. It's very uh, it's very like this team is always good, so they're going to go here. Uh, this team lost a guy, so they're going to go here. You know, it's not really based on any kind of any kind of science. It's just always it's just always kind of like here's who we think are the best top twenty five team. And it's like not really. There's no there's no measuring stick. Yeah. Um, you bring up. You know, there are a couple teams you didn't mention, Carter, when you talk when you when we were talking. Uh, you know, we have a Rutgers team that uh, made some incredible improvements last season. Um, they, you know, Rutgers is Rutgers until proven otherwise. Um, I think we can squarely say that Rutgers is not Rutgers anymore, at least on the basketball court. Uh, you know what? They, I, if correct me if I'm wrong, but they're returning basically everybody from that team. Uh, you know, what kind of, you know, what, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of season are we looking for this, looking for out of the Scarlet Knights? Returning everybody is, is, yeah, that's what they're doing. I mean, they have Ron Harper Jr. He's a real good player. He's probably their best player. I think Geo Baker will be back for his like eighth year also. Uh, Miles Johnson is a big body down there. Steve Peichel is an awesome coach. I mean, he's, made huge strides with that Rutgers team. And they were right on the verge of, of making the NCAA tournament if there was going to be one this year. I think that's probably why they shut down the NCAA tournament because they were probably scared of Rutgers. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, they come into the year, I think they're the 24th ranked team, as it looks like right now. And, of course, you know, rankings are, are kind of irrelevant up until pretty much, you know, March. But they're on paper, they're a good team. And I think that we will continue to see that. They play tough. They play hard. I went to – the Michigan State Rutgers game in Breslin last December. Uh, uh, 
and they that top talent like Michigan State or or you know a, a team like I don't know Michigan State and the other teams that get a lot of good recruits they don't have that kind of talent but Steve Peichel will have them play hard they are one of the hardest playing teams in the Big Ten and I think that as we continue to see this core that they have mesh and continue together. Fletcher Lawyer, oh, geez, he went to Purdue. Yeah, I was going to say that when we got a break. Uh, breaking news, yeah. uh, Fletcher Lawyer, well, you already know it now, but uh, Fletcher Lawyer just uh, just committed to – just committed Purdue. to Purdue. Um, On purpose for some reason. Yeah. Cool. So he's going to, like, light our asses up in a couple of years. So that's that. You know, I can't wait for that 2023 game at Mackey. Uh, that's going to be real fun. So uh, there's there's still a team I think everyone's expecting us to talk about that we haven't touched on yet, and this will be the final team we talk about before we let you go, Carter. Uh, and that's Penn State. Uh, obviously Penn state is going to be looking a little different this season. Pat chambers has stepped down after allegations of, of verbal and physical abuse from former players. You know what, you know, when I'm assuming an assistant is taking over in a interim capacity, uh, what kind of effect do you expect that to have on a Penn state team that, you know, truly was climbing, uh, at the, you know, kind of last season. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really expect that at all from Penn State last year. I thought that they were going to be pretty terrible this year and then uh and Pat Chambers was going to get canned just because of how how bad that, that team was, the position that they were in with him as their head coach. Then out of nowhere they were like a team that was ranked for a lot of the year. Um they beat us at Breslin and then they then we it took them a while to come back against Penn State. They've got a few solid guys. I know they don't have uh, they don't have Mike Watkins anymore. They don't have Josh Reeves or Lamar Stevens, who was their star guy last year. And yeah, and and yeah, um, Chambers is gone now. I do I didn't remember that he stepped down. Um, I really truly don't know a lot about this roster. It looks like Jim Ferry is their interim coach. Um, I think their best player is like Myron Jones or Seth Lundy. I don't know if I'm forgetting about anybody but um this is another one of those teams that doesn't have a lot of ta- has doesn't have a lot of talent returning and they don't really have the the recruits to be able to get back to contention so I could see them definitely being a, a basement team in the Big Ten um, I don't really expect a lot from Penn State if if they prove me wrong great I still expect like a 20 point L to Michigan State um I thought you were going to talk about the uh, the battle for Atlantis champs. That was the team that people expected us to talk about. But uh, yeah, Penn State. I don't see a lot from them. I don't know. I just I I, I don't see well. I mean, doing much of anything this year. I mean, what's to talk about with Michigan? I mean, they have Josh Christopher coming in. Uh, oh, that's yeah. going to be a big boost to that. <laughs> Isaiah Todd. Oh, geez. Yeah, there. Isaiah yeah. Todd. They're they're pretty loaded in Jawan Howard's second year. You know, I expect them to finish at least seventh. Don't forget about Jace. Oh yeah, Jace Howard. Howard I my yeah. M's. Uh-huh. Oh, and uh, Livers is back. Okay, good. Can't can't believe Jace Howard stealing a scholarship from someone from a deserving player. Nepotism. Yeah, that's CC'd, fucked up. CC'd We're going to be talking emails. about Michigan throughout the year, so might yeah. as well. Now. 
waste our breath right now. Yeah. So uh, before we let you go, Carter, I know you said you were done, but I'm gonna we're gonna keep you just for a few more minutes to talk about uh, the other Michigan State team in action on Saturday. Uh, hockey team. The Spartan. Yeah. Yeah, the hockey team plays. I don't know one of the boss, one of the seven Boston colleges that have hockey. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm woke to the fact that Massachusetts only has so many universities just so they can have hockey. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure, like Northeastern, that's not a real fucking school. <laughs> that they are, and they beat us at Breslin a few years ago. Their address, their address is a fucking, their address is a fucking hockey rink. That's. It's the old, you go to their address. It's like the, it's like the, it's the rink that Ben Affleck's character built with the robbery money in the town. BUBC. No, I UMass, I, UMass Lowell. I'm I'm talking, of course, about the the Michigan State Spartan football team. Uh, they go to battle against a Northwestern squad that held that held the that held a prolific Wisconsin offense to uh, just seven points uh granted Graham Mertz didn't look like quite himself the weather was kind of shitty uh whatever whatever but still uh I was watching that game because again I'm a masochist and I can't help myself from punishing myself and all I thought to myself was, God damn it, we're going to score like negative 20 points against Northwestern next weekend. Uh, if there is a way, Lucas, do you see any possible avenue to beating Northwestern? No. No. <laughs> no. <that's> my, <laughs> no. I mean, I, I watched the game too. Um they're light years beyond what they were last season, and MSU blew that team out of the water, even though MSU wasn't great. But I'm out. I I, I want to see who's starting the game, and I'm I'm ready for one and eight or one and seven now. I'm ready for one and seven. Hey, that's that's why you're a bad fan, Shardy. I, that's fine. <laughs> I don't care, got Paul. But um. I think the only way they win is if is if Hazelton uses the use this week of uh, rest to watch the shit out of this Northwestern game and say, okay, what Wisconsin did work here, didn't work there. Can we do it? Like, yeah. if I, you know, it's not like it's not like Northwestern's piling on the points. So MSU can win this game. I think they're going to lose by a touchdown, like something ugly, like I don't know, like fourteen to seven, some bullshit like that. But they, they can beat them, but I just don't see it with how turnover-prone Rocky is. And that Northwestern defense is good at forcing turnovers. Did you guys see the absolute uh, Big Ten porn that was the second half of that game? Oh, that was great. That was Big Ten football, baby. It was Big Ten porn. Mm-hmm. For, second half of that game, punt, 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 oh, yeah. punt, 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 punt. Downs, field goal, interception, downs, punt, fumble, downs, punt, end of game. Beautiful. Jesus, like, pornographic. Absolutely. Yeah, any other league I'd watch it, I'd be like, this game sucks. But then, like, <laughs> Northwestern and Wisconsin, like, yeah, this feels right. 2020, 2020 right here. 
I, I still think Northwestern wins. I think they're what a nine point favorite. At least at least the last time I looked. I think I think state will cover that, but barely. It's gonna be like a it's gonna be fourteen to seven. It's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be rough. Yeah, it it's it you know Mitch uh obviously the Michigan State offense um, is continuing to look anemic under uh, Jay Johnson. Uh, do you will a quarterback change? Do you think will help invigorate this? Help invigorate the Spartans? I think we saw he. You know, Peyton Thornton didn't have much of a chance at uh, at, at Iowa. Like we were already so far behind the eight ball by the time he, he got in there. But, I mean, he did provide, you know, kind of that spark right off the bat. He had that really nice run on a QB keeper. Um, I, I think it'll be less of a vertical passing attack and more uh, like, you know, more of like trickeration and short, shorter passes. So, hopefully we can use, you know, like quick slants and stuff to, you know, like plays that work relatively well that are relatively easy to get the, you know, kid in his first start get his feet wet um uh, do i think he can do it yeah i guess it just depends on if jay johnson adjusts to whatever peyton thorne's skill set is and if it's rocky then no we're gonna lose by a million this is a team that cannot hold on to the football yeah. other than the other than the uh michigan game michigan game when we had no turnovers didn't allow a sack they turned the ball over, I think, four times against Iowa, and then I think another three or four against Indiana. And it's just boneheaded mistakes. I mean, Rocky is just not on the same page as receivers. Uh, the running backs can't hold on to the ball. The only running back that can hold on to the ball is Hayward. And I mean, you just know what he does with that. He picks up like two yards, and it's really frustrating. I mean, have, yeah, I've not seen Elijah Collins. The run game just has not gotten going at all. Um, uh, I kind of like Simmons though because he's a speedy guy. Uh, he's a freshman though, so he's he has his fair share of mistakes. They do need. I think they need to get the run game going if, if they want to turn the season around. I don't think they will at any point. I just I think that this year they'll just be out there getting reps because they're just going to get killed every play. Um, next Where? year is a more telling year, but this year really doesn't matter that much. Uh, got Paul though, so it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, and when it comes to seeing uh, Thorne, yeah. We know he doesn't have the, the arm that Rocky has, so we probably won't see a lot of downfield. But we have receivers that can make plays. We have Naylor. We have Jaden Reed. There's Ricky White, who is, who's shown out. Um, Gillison we saw a little bit more of against Indiana. But I think that, yeah, I mean, if you get these guys involved early and, you you know, if you run those slants and everything, you let them make the plays – then uh, there could be something. I just don't see it. I think that Northwestern is going to win because they have a pretty stout defense, and apparently Patty Fisher is still there. I, I thought he was gone, but I heard his name again on, on Saturday, but I just don't see him winning at all. Yeah, it's just they, they, this offseason is going to be like nothing we've ever seen in East Lansing. It's going to be an overhaul. Yeah, Fire uh, there's going to be a ton of transfers out and hopefully a ton of transfers in, and we might end up with a 25 to 30-person recruiting class. 
it's fine. Let let Tucker do it until yep. it's yeah. proven that his methods don't work and he's not the guy. Let him do yeah, it. Yeah, I mean he's you know he's got four, in my opinion he's got what four more years probably three. I hope he makes a move with Jay Johnson though. I I'm not impressed at all. Really, uh, I'll give Jay Johnson another year at least. Mm. I'm not impressed, but, you know, it's a pandemic year and our team fucking sucks dick. So, like, you know, he only has so much to work with. I would prefer to not see run, run, pass, but, you know. Whatever. Welcome to basketball season, baby. Woo! We made it. Uh, So, uh, we're going to – we're going to – Carter, thank you for joining us. Uh, pleasure as always to have you, sir. Uh, people can find you at uh, writing on Spartan Avenue and busting brackets. Uh, so now we're going to throw it to an interview Lucas and I did with 2022 wide receiver target Tyrell Henry. And then Mitch will be back to recap this week's episode of Mando. So stay tuned to that. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. He is a 2022 uh, wide receiver recruit, Tyrell Henry. Tyrell, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm great. Uh, chilling, you know, vibing with quarantine now again. But, you know, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing good. That's good. Um, I wanted to open with that, actually. Um, obviously, Governor, Governor Whitmer um, suspended all um, non-college and professional sports in the state. Um, for at least for this three-week pause, have you heard anything from the MHSAA or maybe your coaches about the season maybe continuing? Um, so, well, we got knocked out of the playoffs, but I know for a fact that they said that they want to uh, keep it going after three weeks for sure. So if it doesn't get extended, I'm pretty sure the game's going to finish, but I'm not, I'm not 100% positive, but I think the games will continue after the three weeks over if she lets it up. So yeah, I think they'll continue. Okay. Um, that's good. And I kind of, in speaking with like COVID and everything going on, um, yeah. we talked to a few um, recruits in the class of 2021 for MSU and, mm-hmm. you know, they've kind of had the best of both worlds. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you, by the time your recruitment has like been allowed to officially open, quarantine was already going on. So have you been right. able to visit any campuses or, have normal contact with any coaches or anything, or has it all been over Zoom and virtual? Right. Uh, well, before before the quarantine, before this was before I had uh, my offers, I did visit a couple schools, but it was not. It wasn't like the. Uh, it wasn't Power Five. I visited Toledo, Bowling, um, stuff like that. Okay. So I did. Visit, I did visit a few schools before. Man, as soon as quarantine went, it was like a month into quarantine that my first offer came, and then. From there on out, all the Power Fives, I never visited, but I have visited some of Max. Okay. And uh, I kind of wanted to get uh, your feel about um, this kind of virtual recruiting, you know? Like, what do, what do, you, make, what do you make of it? Um, I, think, I think that it's, it's, it's good for some kids, you know, because some kids need it because, like, with the virtual, you know, coaches have more time to look at film and go over things and recruiting is like it can go smoother sometimes but I also feel like some kids like it's bad because some people want to be seen in person and they want to see how they look in this and all that so I feel like it could be ups and downs to it 
So yeah. Um, so I I kind of want to get um, for you like what does a virtual visit entail? Like what do you who do you talk to? What are some of the things? What are some of the things you go over with coaches who are right. on this virtual visit with you? Right, right. So really, it's just like you just talking. You know, you go around talk to all the coaches, introduce yourself. They introduce you. Um. So they be like, this, this me, this, this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. And then uh, after that, it's really they show you around, show you the little weight rooms and all that stuff like that. Uh, just talk to you about the program. You can go on the meetings with them, stuff like that. So it it be cool though. It's a little, it's a good experience to be in like any college. You know, it's just you know. Yeah, of course. Um, now, now on the field. Um, you know, I, I took a look at your junior highlight tape, and uh, you definitely you definitely have some speed. Is there an NFL player that you kind of model your game after? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a player I model my game after. Honestly, I, I like – my favorite receiver is Keenan Allen. Okay. Mm-hmm. But that's not who I model. I don't, think I, I don't think I play like him. Honestly, I think I'm a – you know, I just, you know, I, know, I, just deep, I play like Tyrell. I <laughs> So, however, I gotta play. That's how I play it. So, I really don't say I base my game off anybody. So, yeah, it abs- Hey, the best person you can be is yourself. Uh, yeah, a better version. Yeah, exactly. So, um, obviously, we're we're an MSU centered podcast. Our focus right. is on Michigan State University. So, right, right, we right. have to ask you what your thoughts are of of Coach Tucker and the communication you've had with him and his staff so far. Uh, they've been great. Honestly, I I, I think I've been. I've been maybe – I think I talked to a coach from Michigan State probably this whole, like, quarantine and out of it and then back into it. I think I talked to at least one coach every day. So I'm always in contact with Michigan State, uh, always on FaceTime, always on calls with Tucker. They're cool people out late. They they, uh, they make you feel like you're part of the family even if you're not there. So I like them for sure. That's 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 awesome to hear, and that's something that, you know, we as – that we as fans of Michigan State and alumni right. – of the school are are very excited to hear right. um so you know obviously you still have a lot of time left i saw that you you we had to delay this interview because you had driver's training and then right after right. i found a what uh, a white hair i've never felt so old um <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so i uh, i kind of wanted to i i kind of wanted to get a grasp of you know what what you think what you think your timeline is for not just commit, you know, you don't have to say that you're committing to Michigan state, but like what your timeline is for choosing a school, you know, do you have, right. you have a set date or anything in mind? So my, my plan was I was going to wait till the college season was over. So like late December ish. And then I was thinking I was going to um, decide maybe like on my birthday, which is March 28th. That was probably the latest. It was either going to be Dan or it was going to be earlier. So, my latest day I was gonna pick was March twenty eighth, and then so somewhere in like that time frame, right there. Okay. Yeah. Hey, college football is a hell of a birthday present. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell yeah. you that. Uh, Lucas, do you have any questions for for Tyrell? Well, Tyrell, I just want to say I watched your film like uh, Spartanog did, and I really, I'm not trying to just butter you up to say. Hey, right, right. I'm just like, I what really stood out to me from a non-professional from our, from the senior bacon wire NFL analyst uh, perspective is you have a, how many picks did you have like last year? Like you, 
you have a knack for the ball, and I saw so many interceptions. Like your awareness is insane, and like, like how what's what's your mindset like, and and trying to look for the ball, or do you just like study the film like as much as you can for being in high school? I'm not gonna lie. I think studying the film well that helps a lot. Like a lot of high schoolers, they don't study film because they think that's like that's something that a lot of high schoolers don't feel like they need the time to do or they feel like it's not as important as things. But I do watch film a lot. But okay, other than that, I think like when you watch a film, I watch the you got to watch the quarterback. You know his eyes, how his shoulders opened up, and how he has throwing motion is, and you could just tell all that. Mm-hmm. And with certain quarterbacks, like like I played, uh, let me see, I played a quarterback. Um, What's what's the uh, school? St. Clair. His um throwing motion. He opened up really wide, really wide, more than others when he was go throw it deep. So I knew that automatically. So I knew when he was opening wider, it was coming, it was coming um deep my way, and I had got a pick like that too because I knew I seen him, I seen him open. It's a slower release than his little medium passes. Medium passes, you go straight in, but on a deep ones, he opened up really wide. So I like things like little things like that. You can always watch and you can get it. Watch their feet. The um the lineman. You also watching the lineman. So you know, like as soon as they take a step back and up, you know, you know you gotta get out there. You know you want coverage. Um, it's just little things that you gotta watch. All the little things that you put them together, it just it helps you out so much more. Nice. So you uh you mentioned you you watch a lot of film and uh, like most high schoolers don't. Is that something that that you took upon yourself, or is that something that a coach has instilled? has instilled the importance of watching film or does that come from maybe a parent or is that just like a self or is that just something you prescribe to yourself? Well, I would say my coach, he, uh, he always wants, he always encourages us to watch him. Like he doesn't make it a mandatory thing, but he says like he, he wants us to watch it all the time. But I feel like it's fun. Honestly, I like seeing like what, what players they got and what, what plays they run. I just like, look, I just like looking at that stuff. So it's always just been something I just always did like, Nobody in my family ever just said, you know, you should watch film. No, nah, it's just always been like, you know, I want to see what they got, where I'm about to go against. I don't want to go in their blind and you don't know what they got. So it's always good to just, you know, just see what they got at least. Like, even if you're about to watch five plays, you can at least see what they're working with a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, I'm a teacher, so I asked – so, mm-hmm. you know, I have corny icebreakers on deck. So right. I, I ask all the recruits I interview this uh, – you're trapped on a desert island, and you can right. only bring three things with you. What are you bringing? Trapped on a desert island. I don't think a phone would be smart because, I mean, where the power is. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to say, if I had anything, I'm going to bring a giant, giant bucket of water. I gotta, I'm going to struggle, but I'm going to have to bring it with me. Um, probably like a first aid kit. And then, honestly, let me see. I'm thinking a desert island. I'm pretty sure I ain't got much food, so I'm gonna have to bring some food. I mean, this this are essentials, really, because if you're on a desert island, I don't know where you go find power at. I mean, ain't no reason to have a phone. You have it for two seconds. I mean, hey, just have a first aid kit, uh, some water, and food, and I'll see if I can make it out. That that is an incredibly practical answer. You know, some people. I appreciate you not saying a boat because yeah, I people mean, all the time are just like a boat and. It, I, I want a little more creativity when I ask for right. it. <laughs> right. Because a boat, obviously, I can get right. like, a boat. Like if I had a choice to have a boat, I'd drink a boat. Like why would I beat her <laughs> if I had a boat? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, Lucas, do you, have any, do you have any other questions for Tyrell before we, before we let him go? I've, 
I've got one more, Tyrell. Um, yep. Like, I noticed you're being recruited as – it just says athlete. Like, because I saw, you know, you play both sides of the ball. Yeah. Like, just as well, either one. Like, what what would you prefer to play? And I'm not trying to pin you in a corner, but, like, is there one position that you enjoy more, like being wide receiver or being more of, like, a safety D? What, what do you pref- – like, what do you like to do more? I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll say, um, honestly – I like them both. I like them both. I would say okay. that I would say that defense is a harder, like a harder uh, role. Like a uh, corner is like probably the hardest position on the field, you know. And mm-hmm. I always like checking the best receivers on the on the field, you know, checking the best, you know. But I do love catching the ball, running routes, and you know, scoring touchdowns, running fast. So I would have to say receiver. That's 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 fun. And it's crazy because I only been playing receiver and uh, defense for two years, honestly. Only been wow. playing for two years. I've been playing quarterback all my life. And, really? Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I went to receiver, I had a blast. It was like, it's like a whole new world. It's crazy. So. Yeah, I don't blame wow. you for switching quarterbacks. Quarterbacks wow. a lot of extra work. <laughs> no, actually, actually, quarterback wasn't. Uh, it was it was cool, but I was a, I was running beer anyway. I had like two thousand yards rushing, so it wasn't nothing like it was just me being an athlete anyway. So. Good. I, I love the 2,000 yards rushing thing. That was, that was great. Um, Tyrell, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, uh, you know, stay safe, stay healthy. And, uh, you know, hopefully when that time comes to make a decision, we'd love to see you in green and white. So thank yeah, you so much. Take thank care. You no matter what. I mean, what yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your, yeah, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Listen, we've all had accidents while shaving. That, that's just being a man, baby. You know, you got to put some tissue paper over your cheekies. But having shaving accidents downstairs isn't so fun. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. And it's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. It's just nasty. That's why the Perfect Package 3.0 also includes and includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the, sm- on the smelliest part of your body? And before you ask, yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I personally am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keep your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly set is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I'm saying. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. 
Tis the season to manscape. So get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code BACON at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped when you use the code BACON. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Here's our recap of The Mandalorian. All right, thanks to Tyrell for joining us. Thank you to Manscaped, as always, for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, so let's let's throw it to our Movie Wire segment. Uh, let's talk about Mando. Uh, this was a... This was an interesting episode, you know, Mitch, I, I told you um, both last week on the podcast and throughout the week that in our talks that it, this episode was going to be filler. Um, they just weren't going to throw it right to, right to, Ahsoka, right to Ahsoka. Um, but, you know, I, I think this was probably, this was probably like one of the more fun episodes of the series. I've ever seen. Um, this episode was directed by Carl Weathers, um, and is basically a basically a heist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mando returns to. I'm blanking on the name of the planet. Uh, oh, fuck! 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 Whatever. He returns to the planet where. Where the where the bounty hunters guild was located last season, um, to repair his ship, uh, at where we find Grief Karga, uh, Carl Weathers' character is now kind of like the like the mayor or like the governor, I don't know. Navarro, the, Navarro, Navarro, Dave so, Navarro, like the. The titles for the heads of government of Star Wars are just like so needlessly confusing because like we know that Gina Carano's character uh, is is a marshal now. So she's like the sheriff, right? But we don't know Grief Karga's official. I'm just going to call him mayor. So Grief Karga's Mayor Navarro now. Uh, and basically he, you know, Mando... In exchange for the repairs to the Razor Crest, he he recruits Mando to help him destroy this um, this Imperial base that is still on the planet. Uh, you know, he says it's mostly empty; it's still just a few clingers, and that basically, like, getting rid of this base will make will make Navarro like this trade anchor for the Outer Rim or whatever. So they. You know, they they hop in a speeder, they go to this base, they they kind of they they cause a reactor meltdown, and as they're walking out, um, they run into way more stormtroopers than they thought was going to be there. So the you know something's up. There are a few Imperial officers at a control panel uh, trying to transfer data, uh, and when they get they look at the control panel and they see a hologram message from a from the from uh fuck 
That scientist. Um, yeah, he's scientist. The doc- yeah, the doctor. Yeah. 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 Um, from last season, kind of giving a status update about, you know, about whatever they're, about what he's working on for, uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on names. I'm doing really bad right now. John Carlos Exp- Esposito's character. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Thank you. And we see vats. Uh, we're not exactly sure what those vats contain. Um, it's very vague. So they destroy the base with the vats inside. Um, Mando takes off to go get the child. They're, you know, they, uh, Gina Carano's character, uh, Grief Karga and Horatio Sanz's character from the pilot last season escape. Uh, they're being chased down by TIE fighters and the TIE fighters get blown up by the Razor Crest. And, you know, he leaves, assuming we're going to go see Ahsoka next week. But we find out at the end that one of the guys who worked on Mando's ship is working with this kind of underground imperial kind of militia, I guess, is the way to call it. They placed a tracker on the ship. You knew that was coming. Yeah, and Gideon is, you know, they take it to Gideon. And the final shot of the episode, um, I think, is really interesting. It It's a wide shot of this room Moff Gideon is in, and there's some kind of... Uh, their Vader esque suits, the dark dark troopers maybe. Yeah, um, we don't. You know, I'm not exactly sure uh, what what these. You know, what this is what this is hinting towards. Um, when I saw the vats, I'm like, okay, like so. Moff Gideon created Snoke on Palpatine's behalf, and the final oh. shot makes me think they're creating some kind of Sith super soldier. Um, kind of like the Inquisitors from Jedi Fallen Order. Um, it could be both. I mean, those vats could have been Snoke. Because like in Rise of Skywalker, when Kylo Ren's going down to talk shit to him, you see that big old section of Snoke clones. Like, I, I it, it could be both. I think you're right with Dark Troopers, but the first thing I thought of was it's it's the beginning of Snoke. Yeah, well... well I, I I wasn't sure what to make of the vats, but the um the super soldier looking things like my mind immediately went to Captain America like, and especially with the explanation from the scientists like the reason they needed the child was his midichlorian count was like off the charts, mm-hmm. um and they were trying to use his blood to like infuse into these like suits or Snoke or whatever they're making. They need um, more of it. Right, so that's why they're still trying to get the child, and that's why they're trying to get him in the first place. Um, so, like, my mind again immediately went to like Captain America, like super soldiers, except for fighting for the good guys, they'll be fighting for the bad guys. Hmm. Maybe it's leading towards the it's obvious, in my guess, Moff Gideon and the Dark Troopers versus Mando, Ashoka, and whoever's allies are sitting there at the moment. Well, if they try and go up against Ahsoka, they're getting their fucking asses kicked. Yeah, I can't wait for next week. For the, I mean, for this week, it's like, isn't it like a fifty-six minute episode? That's oh, the don't. rumor. Yeah, that it's like an hour. No, that it's closer way. to an hour. Oh, let's um, go. Dave, Dave Filoni, let him cook, man. This is gonna be great. 
Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for for this episode. Um, it's you know it's obviously going to be one of the one of the more important episodes that they've ever made. Um, also, Baby Yoda ate eggs from a guy or from a family of frogs who were trying to breed one last time, and then he steals a kid's macaroons. That was the macaroons was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Baby Yoda. Like, oh, can I have one? Like, no, fuck you. I'm taking the whole. Thing. And then he just fucking forces it and fucking. Baby Yoda's I... a Baby Yoda's a fucking mooch. Yeah, dude. That's that's what I learned this season is Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is the girlfriend who only orders a salad and then eats a thirty-year dinner. Let me just have one fry. Yeah, and... that classic. That classic meme, fellas. Women be eaten. Am I right? Um. Do you think they're going to eventually try to write out Gina Carano's character because of all the shit that was happening? Um, like with anti-mask and she's an election conspiracy theorist and all that shit. Here's my thing. Um, I think, I think it's entirely possible that they, that could happen. Um, I know that they're working on getting to filming season three right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, obviously I have to see the rest of season two before I decide what, you know, what the, what the way forward is. I had no idea about any of that. Um, but yeah, she's a big anti-masker. She's a former MMA fighter. So like, yeah, you know what, what I, I would expect nothing less from someone in the MMA. <laughs> I think it'd be more alarming if she was like pro mask. Um, <laughs> you'd be like, wait, something's not right. Here. Yeah, it'd be like, okay, like, I mean, you were body snatched. I don't think it's that big of a. I mean, it is weird, but like everyone has their shit. She just shouldn't have come out and said it. But I could see Disney kind of going to Filoni and Favreau and being like, let's just try to ease her character out. And this was a little bit of an out. It looked like, or yeah, trying I, to go that way. Yeah, I can see her. I can see her kind of being. Uh, I can see her being phased out, although uh, this episode was like written, shot, and put together like before COVID. So, right, um, it's hard to say like what, like if they were already planning on writing out her character, anyways. Um, but no, like you said, Lucas, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty psyched to, uh, I'm pretty psyched for this week's episode. Uh, should be good. Fifty-six minutes. We finally get to see Ahsoka Tano in live action. This is a long time coming this, for longtime Star Wars fans. Um, and I need to give a shout out to Ludwig Göransson. His that theme is becoming like more and more iconic. Like the the more the show goes on. Yeah, I mean, and it's he's, hard to top what John Williams did, but he's he's getting really close to being dead even with him. Yeah. Uh, I didn't put it together last week, but obvious or two weeks ago, but uh, this is just a little Easter egg for people who find, who find Canadian sitcoms on Netflix and fall in love with them. Uh, The one of the Imperial, one of the Imperial pilots or uh, not Imperial, one of the Republic pilots who's talking to grief Karga at the end of the episode, uh, Shout out to him. He plays uh, Appa on uh, Kim's Convenience. Uh, it's this great Canadian sitcom. It's on Netflix. It also stars Simu Liu, who is going to be taking on the role of Shang-Chi. Oh, okay. 
So, you know, if you're kind of, if you're going to try to, you know, if you want to feel, if you want to feel them out before you, uh, before you see them on the big screen or maybe, maybe not the big screen. I want to talk about that too, before we, before we head off today, fellas, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I would check, you know, quick picture. I'm not going to throw in the music. Kim, Kim's convenience on Netflix. It's a nice passive watch. Uh, classic sitcom, pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, like I, I say, I don't know about seeing, uh, Shang-Chi on the big screen because a pretty massive announcement was made last week. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is releasing day and date, both in theaters and on HBO max. Or free if you're a subscriber. Yeah. Like obviously to all subscribers. It's free. Uh, it's free. If, if They're not even no, max, you can watch it. There's no premium on demand option. If you have, if you subscribe to HBO max or have an HBO max login, not that I'm endorsing that I would never use someone else's HBO max login. Never, never, ever. Never. <laughs> I definitely don't share a profile with someone in their mom. I definitely don't do that. How dare you insinuate me in such illegal activity. It's it's such an interesting move. Like I was kind of it was like a pipe dream, you know, or this summer. Like, you know, tenant people were like HBO Max. I'm like, uh, I wanted it, but no one, you know, no one. They not, yeah, no, nah, they like for some. No I, I can't believe that. they're not making it for like Mulan. Like I'm surprised they didn't do a Disney Plus Mulan kind of deal. Well, I think that tells. I think that tells me. Um, I think that tells me that both within Disney and across the industry that 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 the premier access thing was a failure because mm. uh they're they're just straight up dropping soul on disney plus christmas day yeah. uh to all subscribers it doesn't uh, help that they did it with such a shit movie it, from what i was told anyway i'm just waiting for like two weeks until Mulan yeah exactly december plus. or whatever i'm not paying december 4th but. so 4th, yeah. that's next that's next thursday uh, you know, I like. I don't think it would have mattered if Mulan was good or not. Um, I think, I think that thirty dollars was just too high of a price point, and I think yeah. putting it behind the Disney Plus subscriber paywall on top of that uh, kind of set it up for failure. <laughs> I just think if they were going to try it, they needed to do it with, like, Black Widow. Like, it needed well, to be a bigger movie that, that more people wanted to see to begin with. Well, th- this was a test. and Yeah, I mean, it was a canary in the coal mine. Yeah, if they killed it, if they – say they made $700 million of revenue off of the yeah. Premier Access, then Disney probably a couple weeks later would have said, Black Widow's going to be out right. um, December 10th or whatever. Cool. Yeah, for, for and, thirty bucks, and, and everyone then, would buy the shit out of it. It also didn't help that didn't we know that it was only going to be a three month delay yeah. before yeah. it came. <laughs> so like, if they could have kept that under wraps a little bit better, then maybe people are like, oh, like oh, I'm not going to be able to see this for a whole year if I don't buy it for thirty dollars. And it's out on video now too. I saw it at the store today. Is it really? Yeah, it's out. I might just. No, I um, won't. I, I was gonna say I might just buy it, but I'm not gonna buy it. I'll just wait. It's ten days, Mitch. <laughs> uh, well, no, I know, but I'm. I, I like to own my movies. This 
this Wonder Woman move is going to be interesting to watch. Like, A, you need to see how much it's going to make in theaters. And I know Warner Brothers is, I mean, Tenet, I don't think it completely failed, but it didn't work. Like, it just didn't work. And it made money, but it just wasn't a great idea. But the problem is 2021 is just chock full of fucking blockbuster after blockbuster. Like, every two weeks, there's a big movie coming out. And Warner Brothers was either, it's pretty much sink or swim. Like, we got to risk it. But Wonder Woman's such a highly anticipated movie that I think it's going to do well for them numbers-wise, even if yeah. the movies don't, stru- don't work out. And I think what was telling um, that that they're expecting this to drive subscribers to HBO Max is that now HBO Max is available on Amazon Fire TV. And Roku is coming within – they said any day now Roku deal will be done. Yeah. I will, I will either – For six months. I, I will either look into an HBO Max subscription or I will use my free trial when Wonder Woman comes out. Yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of, you know, what kind of what kind of driver this is for HBO Max. Um, there's obviously going to be people like Mitch who just sign up for a free trial, watch Wonder Woman and cancel it. I'm kind of surprised they're not doing a thing where, where like you have to wait for your free trial to expire, although I'm not sure how they'd be able to track that. Um, maybe they're just kind of hoping on people just like subscribing and forgetting about it or people taking a look around at, at the library and deciding to keep it because like, like I'll tell you what, like of the streaming services I have access to when I have access to almost all of them, either through paying for it myself or like I have Hulu through my mobile carrier. Um, I have Showtime and stars. I have Showtime through my Spotify subscription. Uh, I probably use HBO Max the second most behind Netflix. I love HBO Max. I fuck it's it's my favorite streaming service. I use it so much just because of South Park too. Yeah, I mean that's 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 most of it is I just I watch I watch a lot of South Park. The HBO, you know, it's got access to all the HBO shows. So you know, it's 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 definitely like it's definitely a great streaming service. So I think it'll be interesting to see what this kind of does for for HBO Max in the long term. But I'm more interested to see what this does to theaters in the long term. It's not uh, going to help. I'm sure they all were fucking furious. Well, didn't Universal and Cinemark? Yeah, they came out with a deal. They can put them on. They they can take it out or they can run it in theaters. And put it on video within like 18 days or something. It was two. Yeah. So, uh, for people who, for the uninitiated, <laughs> um, here's here's how windowing works. So the studios and the theater chains come together, and they they negotiate and they say you can you can release this movie on home media 90 days from its theatrical release. So, you know, if, so, you know, that's why, that's why the Avengers movie come out on Blu-ray around Christmas because they have to wait that they have to wait that 90 days. Um, and then usually there's some kind of negotiation for second runs or an extension of the window. Um, things of that nature. Uh, 
that's you know that's also why the major theater chains like AMC and Cinemark do not show Netflix movies because they violate that windowing agreement uh, for their Oscar for their for their stuff in Oscar contention. Usually Netflix does a does a two does a two to six week ex- exclusivity window in theaters before releasing to Netflix. Um, I believe I believe if your theater is open and 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 like and showing it, you can go see Mank right now. Yeah, and it's like coming out next week. I it's think it's coming I'm out on. December. It's coming out December fourth, so next Thursday. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Fincher guy, uh, but uh, what Universal did with Trolls World Tour, um, choosing to not delay it and instead just release it on PVOD and have it be successful, kind of shook kind of shook the theaters to their core mm-hmm. and you know there was this kind of cold war going on where amc basically said we're not showing any more universal movies right because and, at the time james bond was coming out still right at the time james bond was coming out still and universal has international distributing rights to james bond um it's mgm here in america and of course the fast and the furious movies um which were still going to come out you know, next year. Um, so this is, you know, releasing day and date for a comic book movie is a big blow to theaters. And, you know, I'll, this is the final question before we send it home. Mitch is rolling his eyes back and I can see him falling asleep. <laughs> uh, what do you guys think this holds for the future of movie theaters? You know, it's something we all love to do. I, the three of us love to do, obviously. I'll still go. I go by myself anyway, and honestly, I could probably get it cheaper than uh, like it'll hurt the industry for sure. Um, and some of your, you know, small your your smaller chains will die out, and your bigger chains will close some locations or whatever. But I'll still go to the theaters. There's some movies like Luke, you know, Lucas drove to freaking Toledo to go see Tenet. There's some movies you have to see in theater. I'm not trying to see Avengers Endgame for the first time on my TV at home. Like, could you imagine if that was supposed to come out this year? I would. I would have. I would. <laughs> I think movie theaters. He's still are- president. You can't fucking say that. He's still president. I would have. Uh, I think it's. I think we're already. No, I'm not saying I will. It didn't happen. I think we're already seeing movie theaters adapt a little bit. They're going to up ticket prices. I think they're going to have to. Um, We're going to see a lot more theaters with less staff. Um, We're going to see the whole run out of theater for your party. I think that's going to be more and more common. I like that idea. I think that's great. I wish my theater would do that because then, you know, if a whole group of us went to see a movie, we could have it to ourselves. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I, I think it's, it's, we're never going to view movie theaters as the same. We're going to be telling our kids, you know, this, this isn't what it was like. I could see movie theaters being built with like, um, the seats further apart or, you know, like in twos and then six feet apart. It's going to change the entire, the entire structure of the movie theater from, from the brick to the, the seat. Like it's. I'm I'm curious to see where it goes, and I hope both of mine near me survive. But, um, and I think we're going to see a lot more classic movies if 
if the more and more of these streaming agreements become nego- become negotiated, like I know we've only seen like just Universal, but um, I could see Warner Brothers eventually doing it. And, you know, especially with HBO Max being the thing now, if Wonder Woman just booms on HBO Max, they're going to look for that maybe for, excuse me, for like uh, maybe the Matrix, Matrix 4, even though they got pushed back. Um, we could see something still go on with Tenet. Maybe if it comes out, next month on blu-ray they'll plop it on hbo max in a week or something um but i'm really interested to see how wonder woman does in theaters and then we could maybe revisit it you know just touch on it a little bit yeah um sorry to ramble no uh, i definitely ramble too so uh big thanks to tyrell henry for joining us today big thanks to carter and mitch for filling in for brett um we'll be back next week if you made it past all that bullshit it's going to be worth it because we have a keel coming on the podcast. Oh my God. I can't um, wait. He's going to defend his takes. Uh, it's going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be, it's going to be so fucking funny. Uh, Neither of them can be. Oh, wrong. I have to edit that too. You're what? not supposed to dox him. You can't, we're not, you can't use his real name. We have our friend. We have our friend Luminati coming on. Uh, he's the co-host of the Spartan crazies podcast. Uh, he'll be he'll be joining us. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we're out of here. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe, fellas. Go green. Go white boy. Go sponge. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey. Can I pop shit? I might bottom on the low, but I top shit. Switch the genre on you hoes, do a rocket. I got the biggest down song, fuck the charts, I don't need them. They wanna know if I be last done. Bitch, even if I started flopping, that be fashion. Popping up in movies, ain't no Nazi bitches, ass done. Hee hee, I'm bad as Michael Jackson. Hey, it's a holiday. I got hoes on hoes and they out of control, yeah. Ayy, this another way. All my niggas on go, and I hope that you know it. I can't even close my eyes, and I don't know why. Guess I don't like surprises. I can't even stay away from the game that I play. They gon' know us today. Man, I snuck into the game, came in on the horse. I pulled the gimmick, I admitted I got no remorse Nobody tried to let me in, nobody opened doors I kicked the motherfuckers down, they didn't have a choice Dun, 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 they tried to next me Ayy, but I'm blessy Ayy, no flex, but my checks giving vet tees Ayy, and I'm sexy, they wanna sex me Pop star, but the rappers still respect me They wanna know if I be last done Bitch, even if I started flopping, that be fashion Popping up in movies, ain't no nice these bitches Ashton, he he, I'm bad as Michael Jackson. Hey, it's a holiday. I got hoes on hoes and they out of control, yo. Hey, this another way. All my niggas on go, and I hope that you know it. I can't even close my eyes, and I don't know why. Guess I don't like surprises. I can't even stay away from the game that I.